This is People Who Play, a show about the art of playful living. I'm Emma Warrillow, researcher, writer and part-time mermaid. And I'm Ben Martin, content creator and nostalgia junkie. Every episode we discuss family life, playtime and we interview a guest who has found a way to play at life. From creatives to educators to comedians, our aim is to inspire more grown-ups to grow down and unleash their unique play powers. If you'd like to join our play crew and find more inspiration and info on play, follow at playful underscore den on Instagram. And for all your retro feels, find me on Instagram at benflyingretro. I'm on there too, at Emma Warrillow, E-M-M-A, W-O-R-R-O-L-L-O, really. This podcast drops bi-weekly on Mondays, but if that's not enough to get your playful vibes vibing, you can also join my Patreon for £5 a month and you'll get a personal pod from me, which drops alternate Mondays. Plus, you can now watch the video interviews of our guests directly in there too. We really do appreciate all your likes, subscribes, follows and shares. These digital high fives really mean a lot to us and help us to grow the show. Okay, let's get on with the episode. It's playtime. Olga, thank you so much for coming to talk to me. I'm so excited for this conversation. This podcast is called People Who Play and I'm a bit of a fangirl of your account and I think you are a person who plays a lot and I can't wait to dive into I'm story. so excited. I'm so excited because I'm also fangirling. <laughs> yeah. Yay! <laughs> That's basically one of the reasons why I started this podcast. It's so lovely. <laughs> to make it's friends. So, it's so lovely, Emma, because you're such a champion of others and you see that in everything that you do. Oh, thank which you. Is another reason that I wanted to come on. It was just such so much just positivity and goodness when they slice you open. Well, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, for yeah. anyone that it is not following you first of all amend that immediately can you tell us a little bit about who you are and 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 what you do and what you're all about I am a mama of three boys I'm a comedian I work on and off social media I am performer actor writer but social media is like kind of like my sweetie shop front where I serve up McDonald's but, <laughs> but I do a lot of like restaurant food as well like so I you know I you know writing for tv or theatre but the social media is more like my McDonald's page <laughs> where I just kind of have fun and share the highs and lows of parenting but a lot of you know I've been doing that for probably about seven years now since the boys were quite little so right so so is that is that when you started because I know you make a lot a lot of your sort of reels and TikToks and things are kind of like humorous little takes on what it's like to be uh, a busy mom and wrangling tweens and kids and Uh, did you start that when they were much younger because how old are yours now Back in the olden days, there was no Instagram. We only had calculators. Seriously, there wasn't even like phones with like video things on them. There was just calculators. Like, you know, there was there was no. You could write boobless though. Was, yeah, exactly. Or which is the other one you can write upside down? Hello. 
but no there was no there wasn't the social media you know my eldest is now 16 you know back in those days there was no even documenting parenthood which is wonderful but sometimes I feel it can be a bit much definitely you know that we're documenting and we're documenting other people documenting and we're watching other people document and it's just it's it, it, it and vice versa it, it is it's in many ways I'm glad there wasn't social media mm. when mine was small first of all I had no fashion sense uh it was it was all it was awful you know there was no picture today to take against a wall so you could just literally look like however and I made mistakes suffered for it because I didn't know that it was normal to make mistakes I suppose but also kind of got through it because I didn't need to check in with anyone else or how anyone else was doing it so it it, it it's good and bad but yeah I began many years ago man. yeah I feel so similar because mm. when I, my eldest is 12 and oh. our youngest is two so it's such a different experience kind of being a like a mum of a baby and toddler now versus when I had him and I there was just Instagram I don't know how old Instagram now I forgot but there was just Instagram but not like in the way that it the machine that it is now and I do feel like not having it so much allowed me to tap into my intuition a bit more like I have to be really disciplined on like not just looking for solutions all the time and I think that's like one of the things that's so easy to do now it's like a thing happens or you doubt yourself or you're not sure about something and you're instantly like looking outside all of the time for someone to solve that problem for you and I feel like I was just like yeah sort of just making all the mistakes and figuring it all out myself which is how I like to learn and I think it's much harder to do that now with the amount of inputs that you have oh yeah I mean and people are rightly and wrong you know putting stuff out there you know I do I put stuff out there um not so much now because my kids are older and I don't document their lives because they would yeah do they get like they're just like stop yeah they just but um, but you know it 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 is really difficult because there is a resource there twenty four seven, so you're not alone, and there's a resource there twenty four seven, so you're never alone, you know. So it's it's twofold. Yeah. But saying that, I do feel it's, it's really hard, Emma, because I can't sit here right now and say to you, I'm glad that social media exists now because I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. And as someone that uses it as my working tool, I'm still not sure. Yeah. You know, I've been quite open about the fact that um, when mine were small, probably around the age that a lot of people start their Instagram accounts, you know, and the kids are small and they talk about motherhood, you know, I had, I had a breakdown and things were really, really tough. Would I have been better off if I had social media? No, I actually don't think I would have. I, I really don't, which is a really bad thing to say when you think about all these amazing PND uh, charities and resources. And I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Is it better? Is it better? It's different. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say it's better. I can't say that. Yeah, it's me and my husband always love to play this game. Like if you had a, bu- a button that you could push and you could just turn it all off, would you turn it all off? <laughs> and it's just like, it's so 
difficult and I you know use it for work and it's amazing to connect with other people and you know for creativity like I'm such a like creativity greedy person I love like expressing myself and being creative and it's amazing for that but I think it's one of those things that like because it's so easy to access and you can become like a little bit of a robot like zombie with it and actually it's one of my whole shtick is like you've got to take your fun seriously like and now like we live in such an entertainment heavy world like you sort of need a strategy with it like what do you want to get out of this like what sort of moods are best for you to use it in um like how do you want it to fit into your life because it just becomes like you you know you're checking it at the wrong times you're following the wrong things you're not tuning into how it makes you feel so I think it's just about you've got to be like super proactive yeah proactive proactive how you use it yeah you've got to be proactive about how you use it you've got to be proactive about how you play yeah yourself space to play and also giving yourself permission and space to do nothing to daydream you know yeah we don't do that when I was a kid my favorite thing would be to lie on my bed and look at the crazy 80s wallpaper and find all the faces you know like kids don't have enough time to do that today or they've got their gadgets and I'm not saying again I'm not saying oh back in the olden days we played with sticks and it was the best there is no better or worse yeah but if we are in a digital age how are we going to play be that digitally or not digitally yeah how are you going to play yeah and I know that one of your um types of content that you make which is my favorite is you compare cross-generationally and I want to I want to get into that with you because it's very entertaining you do these kind of yes you as a kid and how you responded to your parents and how you were kind of like excited about encyclopedias and things like that versus your kids today Oh, yeah. I mean, and I know, listen, I've pushed it to the extreme. I have kids on TikTok saying, oh, my gosh, this is so not even funny. Like, I don't behave like that. And like, you know, and I'm like, kids. Parody. (laughs) It's it's comedy. And also, it's not really so much the kids that are meant to find it funny. It's the parents. Yeah. The older kind of younger people. But it was different. But you know what? I don't sit there with rose tinted glasses thinking, oh, my child was the best. It wasn't. It was freaking hard. You yeah. Know? Like my mum and dad were immigrants to this country. From age 11, I was working in their hairdressing shop, you know, after school and on Saturdays. And it was it was grueling and it was brutal. And I loved it, but it was brutal. Yeah. It was brutal. I loved it. And so, you know, I hope that when I make the comedy, I'm also showing some of that harshness of you know like the fact that you know we were also quite um much more naive you yeah know? like well I don't, I don't obviously I think I'm I'm older than you but it was like the generation was you know you might get a chance to walk down to Woolworth to look at maybe the pick and mix and that was like Selfridges that was like you know, that was amazing. We were more present because we didn't have, yes. we didn't view things through a lens or on a screen, but that doesn't mean that it was better. I'm yeah. About that. Yeah. And I think that's why it's funny because I'm not about the fact that it was better. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's great because I, I was, 
I was thinking quite a lot about this recently about what are the like the downsides of being so nostalgic about your own childhood when you're a parent because me and my husband like I mean my husband like just lives pretty much in the 80s 90s like ah, we have a gaming room that's like a 90s museum here oh my gosh Uh, we've got a little (laughs) pac-man still yeah we got pac-man he still watches like videos I don't care it's the best it's the best and I was thinking like because you do sometimes feel like sad like I sometimes feel sad about they're not getting this and they're not getting this and that's not necessarily the most helpful or sort of productive way of thinking about it It it's just like you have to think it's different and just you know just because it's not the same as how you experience your childhood it doesn't mean that um it's necessarily bad there are obviously some things that I think we're right to be concerned around around like you know being outside and moving and connecting in person and all that sort of stuff but I think what I love about your skits is that it sort of it blows it up and it allows you to have that moment of humor around what potentially is quite a sort of like tension point when you're trying to think they're not doing this and I did this and they're not doing this and it's all a bit weird and I think it just kind of you know humor is just like I always think the best way to Yeah. yeah sort of resolve some of those tensions so I love that in your work Absolutely. I mean, you know, I look back at, you know, now kids, are, you know, my kids are really fussy what they eat, what they like, what they, you know, that not chicken, not in that breadcrumb, in that particular breadcrumb. I mean, we had corned beef, fried corned beef. And I'm not saying that I like that, you know, like my mum would cook, she would literally boil. Sorry, the following section of the podcast contains trigger warning trigger warning you know she would boil a pig's head and the gelatin would make a food I know and I didn't know what it was when I was little I just thought oh you know and and I was grateful for it but I was so naive and and that's the comedy the fact that we didn't know any better but it wasn't great you know it it wasn't great there were loads of things that were really difficult and especially as a young Greek girl you know my parents were really strict and it wasn't easy, you know, and they were, you know, my dad was uber strict. They were strict and then my dad was uber strict, which was really tough. It was really tough growing up, but it's funny now, but it, was, it wasn't better than, than now. You know, yeah. my parents were harder, uh, but now I'm softer as a parent. And so even though I look back at the 80s, I'm so different to how my parents were. I'm currently writing a sketch about um, what my mum was like with me compared to what she's like with my with her own grandkids. <laughs> she's like gangster, yeah, kids, yeah. You, why why can't he stand on the table and eat his dinner? Leave him alone, you know. Whereas for me, it was like you know, sit in that shoebox and eat your. <laughs> you know, your dried bread in the shoebox and don't move. You know, it wasn't like that, but it was, you know, and I think we have to be able to to laugh and accept accept it, but make the space to yeah. play, you know, make the space to play. And I, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, yes, we, we put, we, every day on us, every Sunday we put our phones down and we run into the woods. We don't. Yeah, yeah. We don't. So I always like to ask my guests, especially if they have found a creative Mm. pursuit and way of living and line of work, how did you play as a kid? And do you see any 
kind of references of that in who you are now and, and kind of what you're doing. Okay, I'm going to take it to church right now. Oh, my gosh. I actually, my life came together after I had my breakdown when I realised that I should just be five years old. <laughs> you know, like I, my life began after my life broke down and that's when I gave myself permission to let go. Love that. Just to let go. And all I did when I was a kid was play characters, you know, my first character was a lady called Margaret who had a wheelbarrow in the garden. And she was, you know, she was just this eccentric character that lived in our garden. And all I want to do is explore life through quirky, eccentric, warm characters. And that's all I used to do. And that's all I want to do now. And that's probably what I want to do till the day I die. Like so- that'll be on my tombstone. She done characters. She done the characters. <laughs> um, so if you were doing that as a kid and I mean that is like an amazing application of imagination and storytelling at such a young age yeah um clearly you know a sort of a built-in talent and passion for that what do you think happens because I I, you know I speak to a lot of people and, and they sort of think yeah I don't really don't really know why I didn't kind of pursue that or that wasn't identified as a skill or a strength like what kind of happens like why do we have to get to the breakdown stage to realize oh that was like the authentic me and that's kind of what I just need to do play is seen as indulgent Mm. um especially for us I don't know for me my childhood was was a lot more austerity and yeah you know, I had to grow up really fast, yeah, really fast in a different way to the way kids grow up fast today. I don't, you know, I just, and I find that I grew up so fast that I kind of lost touch with being able to, to play. Kids play today, but they play, a lot of it is online a lot of it is meme humor you know it's tiktok it's different but i think it is giving yourself permission to 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 play like you know we say a lot of things to kids like grow up or stop messing around or you know you know you're not you're not that old like we can't make up our minds what what we want to be what we want our children to be but um there's an amazing theater practitioner that i love called, called keith johnston he's 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 a writer. I mean, his, his books are really old now, but he was around in the 70s. And he said that the, the, the imagination of the child dies the moment we expect them to be a grown-up. And, you know, even this thing of, like, when we're at school that we colour within the lines, we, we don't go outside the lines. And as somebody that teaches drama as well, improv is not an easy thing yeah you know I'll say to a student put your hand in your pocket what have you got in there you know it'll take them a long time to and they'll say oh and I can see it's not their improvised response you know they'll say oh it's an old tissue in my cut and and my keys my bike lock you can see that they've thought about the answer I said now I'm going to ask you something else and I don't want you to think about it Right, there's a box, shoebox in front of you. Open the shoebox. What's inside? An elephant. Brilliant. Because it's not the right answer, but it's the 
it's the um, automatic answer. Mm. It's the improv. It's your free answer, mm-hmm. you know. And if we were a bit more elephant in a shoebox, I think life would be a lot easier. But we have to unlearn those responses. Yeah. To go back and accept that an elephant in a shoebox is brilliant. Absolutely. And it's it's that sort of... It's that imagination muscle, isn't it? It becomes yeah. weak when we don't use it. And we don't use it when we spend a lot of time in environments and culture where we're looking for a particular answer, where we value facts and data and evidence. And, you know, we walk this tightrope of kind of what's right and wrong. And Absolutely. I'd love to, to take this into how you apply that into motherhood because I have a hunch and a hypothesis that Mm. there's not enough talk about playing in in motherhood um and it's like you get to this life stage and it's it's like you've got to learn all this stuff and your identity is changing and you're trying to keep up with everything and it's just a complete head fuck and when I look around and I look at all the conversations about sort of coping with motherhood and all this sort of stuff there is not a lot of mention about play and fun and things like imagination and creativity and I don't really haven't really had a lot of anxiety as a mother like even from a new mother and I find that really interesting because Mm. it is very common now and a lot of people are very anxious um based on lots of different things and I'm like why did I like why have I just sort of sidestepped that and some of it is like circumstantial and relationships and support and all of that sort of stuff but I do believe a lot of it is to do with after each baby I've had some kind of play-based project so with my first son I wrote a blog and I has when he was a baby and it was all humor it was all like observational comedy of like yeah. me trying to get on the bus for the first time with a buggy with I my second it. child I made um jewelry I got really into making jewelry like animal based so jewelry <laughs> and then with my scout just gone um, I was like really into like hula hooping and that's when I also started working on my playful den um content and stuff like that a bit more so there is uh, yeah I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and just to do that like thing that you're not meant to do of throwing multiple questions at people but I'm curious if when you had your breakdown yeah if because I've also had like really bad burnout breakdowns and at those points I was playing the least and I'm really curious if for you that was a time when you had less play in your life There there was no play yeah there was no play. There was no play. And and I think the word um, play for me is synonymous with the word permission. Mm. Um, and I honestly think that there's a link between play and mental health in that we become quite rigid about how we expect ourselves to be and feel as opposed to letting ourselves breathe sometimes you know, and like, almost like life is a mathematical equation that we have to solve and we analyze. And actually sometimes if allowing yourself to be a little bit more, I think would make life a lot easier. And for me, when I had my breakdown, I mean, it was a different time, but it was, it was, 
you know, I had three children very close together and it was very, it was really tough. And I had, for me, it was circumstantial, the loss of my father. We were in debt. I had really traumatic deliveries, but also I had historical trauma that I needed to deal with because some women do revisit buried trauma at childbirth. It's very, very common Mm. um, for um, post-traumatic stress disorder to rear its ugly head at you know during childbirth at a time that you're vulnerable broken down and then it just you know where you've been managing that it just explodes out but for me a lot of my healing came from counseling came from the doctor came from the support of my family my church but for me it was also getting buying a 1980s casio keyboard and writing really bad 80s pop songs, like really bad. You know, I wrote, I think one of the first ones I wrote was um, a Eurovision song about Chitres, they don't appreciations you. And everything you put in their mouth, they want to spit out. You know, it was just, it was stupid. It was nothing. But, you know, then I started writing cabaret and whatever. But it was just stupid dumb and funny and it was me and it was for me or I wrote a you know I wrote a thing about um you know how motherhood was so difficult and it was like felt like a man with hairy knuckles you know and I wrote this song about a man with hairy knuckles it was but it was my way of making not even making sense just letting it breathe yeah we, we, we're so fixated on making everything make sense motherhood yeah. mental health that we don't sometimes just let it breathe and give yeah. it permission yeah I think there's something we don't talk about permission we don't talk about permission when we talk parenting motherhood blogs permission yeah absolutely and I think there's something about in there about silliness so silliness is something that we perceive to be not needed and it's perceived to be like slightly irrelevant and it might just like pop up sometimes but I think that if you suppress your silly and we could probably call it lots of other words but I think if you suppress it 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 becomes like toxic inside you and it's like you just need to like unleash it so when we play and, and as you describe on your keyboard there Mm. That is a perfect example of play. You're, you're doing right. it for no reason other than you just feel like it's just for you. Um, there's no like pressure or anything like that, but you're, you're focused and you're concentrating, you're creating, but you're not stressed. That's exactly the definition of play. And when we do that and we allow ourselves that space to like release some of that silliness, it's so like, I don't know the science of what's going on there. I know a bit about the science of what happens when we play, but there's something about just silliness and releasing it that is so magical. Emma, you've, you've hit gold because how many people go on and on about fitness and working out and this and working out, but but what about just, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, like the old 1980s Jane Fonda fitness video, you know, we've got a new workout video just have fun you know like like and we're not talking about fun in like for a smile and just yeah. pretend it's it's being creative and it's fine new methods it's finding yeah. your methods it's finding your ways you know it's it's pioneering mm. it, what you're what you're what you're on that 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 little arc that you're on there emma is is pioneering 
because it's also it's also teaching other people to find their own way of play yeah and it's redefining what play is you know it's as it's the actual um technique is as old as the hills yeah you know our grandparents did it but they probably didn't have a name for it they just probably accepted it and did it you know um but we don't we've we've become detached to play definitely yeah and it's I broken, think also it's broken down yeah I think so and it's become this sort of thing that we think oh that's for when we're up that's for when we feel good that's yeah. for like holidays that's for like maybe oh, weekends yeah let's, yeah let's have a nice middle-class kitchen disco yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, look at me letting it go oh here I am let it go kitchen disco hashtag mum's kitchen disco it's not that I mean it's great that is great too I'm not poo-pooing it but it's it's more it's it's culture yeah Play definitely culture. the kitchen disco is like your entry point like don't yeah. stop there like yeah. what next like what else yeah. gives you the buzz the feeling oh, I really like, let myself go and add a good kitchen disco it's like it's, it's more than that babe yeah or not deep. <laughs> but yeah but don't be afraid like there are no box it's not about the boxes you know and it's really difficult because as much as I love Instagram I equally hate it because it is it's lots of boxes of different people who was yeah. you know, authentic as well loads of authentic amazing accounts but you're looking at everyone in a box and you're at you're technically you're outside of the box when you're on your online and you're looking at all the people in boxes you are outside of a box and you're trying to figure out you know what box what box uh, do I go in yeah and, and you don't fit and then you feel like you don't fit yeah you're never supposed to fit yeah and I think the other thing is we look at lots of um things that are very like good and polished and Instagram for someone that is creative and artistic it's it's amazing channel to express yourself but what we don't want to do is just like live vicariously through other people's creativity and ideas we want to make sure that when we see something that sort of sparks something in us like get curious about that and it's not about being good at stuff that's the other thing that happens when you're an adult you're like I can't do that I can't do that improv. I can't do that art. I can't do that way of dancing because oh, I'm not good at it. It's like, that's yeah, not well, the I'm not, point. I'm not like you. And I, honestly, I get so many DMs or I've started writing some sketches. I'm not, obviously, I'm not your level. I'm not your standard. I'm not like you. I'm like, what is that? What is yeah. my level and my standard? I don't really think about it. Every day is fresh. Every day is new. You know, I don't know where the wind's going to blow. I've just woken up. And I'm going to see which way the wind's going to blow. Like, I don't really think of myself as any better, you know, and I, I don't understand that people would think of another person as better. Maybe they've gotten a bit better at honing their craft, but they're not better than you at playing. They're probably just have learned not to care. Yeah. But that is the thing about when you're truly playing, there is no better. There is no good. No. There's no purpose. So no. I'm, I'm interested actually on that, on that note, as you have taken that way of playing, obviously more, it's more of a profession for you now. Um, it's more, um, 
you know, your the sort of little bit more purpose behind it with your mm. ambition and where you want to take it. Does that change the experience for you? Um, because I think the other thing that people are quite obsessed with is yeah. like monetizing their play and turning it into a job. And sometimes that works out really well. And it's great if you get to have meaningful work that you enjoy. That's awesome. But I think there is this like pressure to like, find a job you love and um you know do what you love and then <laughs> and then work what's that expression like mm-hmm. find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life like oh, all of these sorry. sorts of things and it's like you you can just like do things just for fun you don't have to monetize yeah. everything so I'm curious to hear from you yeah. how do you keep the play within what you're doing now that it is kind of your job as well I think well I Obviously, so so up until just over a year ago, I was working as a teacher and that's how I was funding myself. But then I was creating a lot of content for fun, you know, and and I thought I, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm on this platform. I might as well find a way. Now I've got an agent and then I started making silly videos for brands as well. But I think the minute something doesn't feel fun, I don't do yeah. it. And if it's not authentic, I don't do it. I get offered work sometimes and I think, but that's not me. Yeah. I can't make that fun. Yeah. No, thanks. No, that's not me. And the other thing I do is I do a lot of content for charities. I'm doing something at the moment for the NSPCC and I do a lot of work with um, Kidscape. I'm an ambassador for the children's anti-bullying charity. And so for me, doing that work is an ongoing, especially with Kidscape, that's we've been in relationship. I've been their ambassador for about three or four years now and having that that's something I give out and that feeds me that that does feed me more than you know I don't know a a big company coming along and saying can you do this that that's great that will you know put food on the table for my children but and it, it is fun but I think if I can as long as I can always be pouring out somewhere yeah. I'm good. The minute I stop, I, I've got nowhere to pour out to, to mm. give back to someone. I, I don't want to be here. Yeah. I think it's really interesting how you focus in on the fun there because I now I'm doing quite a lot of work with um, businesses and organizations about how to play more at work. Mm. And this idea of like fun in the workplace, I think because there is a lot of history of it being done so bad, like let's have a team bonding day, but it's, and it it can just be really like a missed beat, but it is so fascinating. And it's the same in education. Like we just don't prioritize it. And I just, I, I love the sort of the, the provocative thought of like, what would happen if we started this process from the point of, how do we make this fun? Because it's always an add-on. It's like, we've got to do this meeting and we've got to do this whole, like... How can we make it fun? Yeah, and then it's like, and how do we make it a bit more fun? Like, what if you did that right from the beginning? (laughs) It it flips the script completely and you put it at the heart of it. Yeah, it's, you know, the team building days is no different to the kitchen disco, you know. Um, Team building days and kitchen discos are great, but we're talking about culture. We're talking about permission. You know, it's, it's deeper yeah it's, it's deeper 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 and yeah it's 
gosh, there's a whole narrative. There's a whole narrative there. There really is. Yeah. And in your world, improv, um, I would consider as one of the sort of deepest, richest forms of play. So I think there's loads of things that, that are play and it looks different yeah. to everyone. But But I do think there is a sort of spectrum of like, what are the like deepest forms of play where you're yeah. bringing together sort of imagination, sort of surrealism, um, you know, really sort of like stepping out of reality, um, you know, in this kind of flow mm. type state and improv is, is right totally. up there. I mean, it's, it's almost the definition of play. My husband and I, uh, we go play dating because I see him quite a lot. And to be honest, I don't really need to sit down and have dinner with him. <laughs> that often so we do play dating uh, where we go yeah, and do who wants to listen to this mouth chew we, we do different things together and one of the things we took was an improv class um Brilliant. I'd never done that before and god it was amazing it was really amazing and I loved like seeing him in those scenarios like because but it's attractive huh it is attractive and you're so vulnerable in improv and like you can't be mean to people in improv because you yeah. have to like help one another and you're all sort of like in it together and it was really really magical and I have this like yeah thing that I think maybe everyone needs to do improv and I would definitely if I was in charge of the curriculum at school it Thank will you. be improv every day and I know that you will agree with that so I'd yeah, love to absolutely. hear you speak to why absolutely. why should we do more improv why should more people consider improv as Im a improv. well no improv is brilliant Emma because it cuts out the middleman <laughs> which yeah. is the brain yes the middleman because it's the automatic response you know this is why I love I love the way that the um oh, the the, the oh God, what are they called oh like Dada and the um automatic writers used to do where they would just write for the sake of writing without thinking or yeah. draw for the sake of drawing without you know thinking about what the, the picture was going to be and I think there is so much freedom in stepping out and going I don't know where this where this is going to go, but I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to jump into it. And it's it's really freeing. It's really healing. Everybody needs to live in an improvisational way because life, unfortunately, is not scripted. And quite boring. Like, life, let's just be also, real. But also life will throw you some real humdingers. 100%. That, that yeah. Kick you in the guts yeah chew you up and spit you out you know and I think sometimes when life doesn't go the way we think and you are quite a scripted person which I am also that's the other flip side I can be quite I like things to be the way that they are and I don't like them to change and then when life throws things at you having an improvised response just lets you breathe in a situation it doesn't mean that the situation is any better you yep. know grief or loss or heartache or you know any of those difficult situations that we've all found ourselves in but it means that you can breathe rather than thinking of it as an equation something that I have to get an answer to because you you don't in life yeah set. and I think what you also Tidy. get you also get a mindset where it's like anything can be figured out I think that's what you really get from play and that is the hope hope yeah, hope, hope. Yeah, totally. It's we like, don't talk you about know, hope. We can sort it out. Yeah. Yeah, like, and this is the this is, you know, if if somebody would say, "What what do you want to do?" I feel like 
now I'm sounding a bit cringe. I want to bring hope and world peace, but genuinely, I want people to feel that it's not even happiness, it's joy. It's a feeling that everything can be workoutable and everything is going to be okay. And it's not in a kind of everything is going to be okay, but do you know what? It's going to be okay. Yeah. You're okay. You're okay. I got you. You know, we got each other. Um, and it will be, it will be okay. And maybe for me, a lot of that is because I did have that breakdown and I felt like I want, didn't want to be here anymore. And it was the darkest time in my life. And then I thought, you know what? Nothing's really scares me anymore. There's no bogeyman in the dark, you know, like it's really dark in here. So what, you know, I'm just going to flick a light on. It's really no big deal. Let me show you, let me show you how. Yeah. And, and, and playing your way out of darkness is, um, it's proved it's proven. It can be really hard because I think we tend, like we were saying, we associate play with when we're joyful and when we're up yeah. and when we're in the mood and, and playing when you're in a dark place sometimes isn't fun. Like you have to actually really push through, but it's what you get out of it. That hope that we talked about the, 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 the plasticity in the brain where you start to see more roots you see more options that's what kind of gives you that that hope and and resilience um, and I yeah. think the other thing just listening to you um talking made me think that when you're doing something like improv um and I'd also argue things like sort of like finger painting or expressionism mm -hmm. things like that free form dancing sort of similar what I think it does is it's anti-perfectionism. It's um, it's anti-perfectionism yeah. because there is no right or wrong. There it is coloring outside the lines, like you were you were sort of talking about. And I think it's so needed in this world, particularly yeah. you know in the sort of demographic that that we're in, kind of mm. mothering in this age, spending a lot of time on the internet. Um, it's like it forces you to just like let go of some of those perfectionist tendencies because perfectionism does not exist in improv, in finger painting, in free movement. Um, and yeah, it's just yeah. it's just not there. So it trains you to just not be so kind of like rigid and fixed in the way that you're thinking yeah, about yeah. things. And also, I think, you know, I see a lot of posts which are rightly so, which are kind of like this is real, you know, this is real motherhood. This is not perfectionism. So, you know, there might be a picture of, you know, a, a, a dirty nappies or toys all over the floor or, and that is good. And that is showing you how not to be perfect, but there's another layer of that, which is much deeper. That That's not it. That's not the finished product. Yeah. There's more, you know, this is this, there's, there's a deeper layer to not being, a perfect mum than the way you look or the way that your house looks it's it's deeper and we need to start to let some of that kind of permeate down I couldn't agree more it's like we've got this like are you showing a picture of like your perfect home or your messy home like to me it's like irrelevant that's, they're that's both it. irrelevant like some people yeah. showing that picture of their house all kind of tidy and clean that is their creativity that yeah. is their play me, you know like my my space needs to be clean and tidy so I can play. Yeah. I have the most fun and everything is organized around me. I can't, you know, I've just, I quickly went and just did that last bit of clearing up in the kitchen so I could be ready for you because I just wanted to do that so I could be ready to play, you know, like it, it 
and it's it's saying to people that if you can let your house be messy then you are really winning being a mum but who cares like that's it's not about it's not about how things are looking it's about how things yeah I think we're sort of we need we need to like level up the narrative the online narrative of motherhood because we've got to this place where it's like you either like really love parenting or like you kind of bitch about your kids and it's like or you have a really perfect photos and house or you have the opposite it's like none of those things are interesting to me (laughs) and none of those those things are are now stereotype they're now digital stereotypes they're digital stereotypes totally yeah you know I I don't even know if if that's a that's a term that I've just coined digital stereotypes Hmm. this is another discussion Emma it is we're gonna have to get you back on no what we could do we could improv all the digital stereotypes yeah (laughs) Oh, let's do that because it is. It's like the, you know, the 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 the, the clean mum, the the mum with the perfect house, the mum that I'm showing you everything, guys. Here I am with my belly hanging out, you know, and you know, kids have just shouted at me, and they, it's like that's great, but are you playing? Yeah. Where do yeah. you go from? Where do you go from yeah. there? I sometimes get really like caught up in sharing content because I do care like I hate this thing like I don't care what people think about me like I think it's okay to care what people oh my gosh I am I care so much yeah I do yeah I I do care totally I do I still I still go and do what I want to do but I care yeah yeah and I get so caught up because I think I want to share this like one thing but then people are going to think like that's that whole thing represents me. Whereas I have this expression, pick and mix living. Like I live my life like that pick and mix section in Woolworths. Like I just want like a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And and it's, it's really hard to tell that story. And it's really hard to kind of exist as a sort of, um, you know, have an online profile where that is how you live my life. It's genuinely how I live my life like I am really into body positivity but I also would really like to lose weight like I am yeah, really like okay. care about no one's the- gonna sh- I've had conversations with people that will say that to me you know that they they promote body positivity they might be larger but they want to be smaller or they're smaller but they want to be you know it's almost like we we hold a gun to people's head because they they post something oh no let's stop that <laughs> um okay cool so before um before I let you go even though I don't want to let you go I just want to hang out Uh, all day um can you tell us about your show because you are doing a one woman stand-up show which is mind-blowing like that is seriously cool and empowering and inspiring please tell us all about it and I have to come and see it Oh, you're so gorgeous. Well, I'm actually doing it as an online viewing on September the 18th at 7.30. So I'm doing it as a live show, but I'm doing it for online. So there'll be an audience clapping and hopefully clapping and laughing, (laughs) prodding them with uh, pizza breads to make them laugh. Um, And actually, no, slapping them around the face. Anyway, and so, yes, you can get tickets. It's an online viewing uh, on the September the 18th. It's all about growing up in the 1980s, daughter of immigrant parents who raised me in a hairdressing salon in Hornsey and all the mad, bonkers, 
wonderful people that came in and out of it and what it was like growing up as a mullet-haired, chubby, monobrowed kid in that environment. And yeah, so yes, that, that's what I've been doing. Amazing. We, yeah. we will put the details in the Yay! show the show notes and and just one final question like just to close on like what do you think the impact of engaging in your creativity and improv and your imagination and in humor and fun what impact do you think that has had on your sort of experience of motherhood and the relationship that you have with your children as a result of that I think it's made me more tolerant of them more tolerant of myself and they often say to me which is the greatest thing they could ever say they say mum you're cool we think you're cool and that is just for me that's like a million bucks because I think they know that I'm just a bit different not better but just different no mum you're cool you're not like other mums you're you're just different mum and I'm like what do you mean they're like no you're just different mum and I doesn't mean I'm not a mood grumpy cow or I scream at them or I'm horrible. You know, I'm still those things as well. Let's, let's get real here. But I love that. I love that. I think I've allowed myself to be the mother I always wanted to be, which is just, just to have fun with my kids. And it's allowed them to be who they want to be as well. And it's given them the freedom to do the things that they want to do. Doesn't mean we've got this idyllic family yep up by the way yeah that's not the goal that's not the goal and as someone who has literally studied what does cool mean to today's generation of kids it means when we boil it all down it's authenticity yes it's truth it's like effortlessly just being yourself and I think that's that's what it means when kids identify things as cool absolutely that's it yeah authentically being yourself or they'll say mum that's really funny or Mum, I like that. That was really good. What the way you said that, you know, and it's, it's, it does matter to me what they think yeah. because when I'm cool with them, I'm like, I don't really care. Don't care. Really, don't care that much what other people think. If my kids are happy, then I think I'm doing something right. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I love that so much. Thank you so much for hanging Thank out you. with me today. This has been a real treat, and yeah, for I hope me. that we get it's to. It's been a treat for me. I hope that we get to hang out in real life at some point. I would love that so much. We could go on a play date. Can you Yay! Imagine? <laughs> we should do that. We should do that one day. Have an improv, some funny live improv thing down the line where I don't know what it looks like or how it is, but it's it's alive, but it's improv. And I don't know what that means. Either. I'm up for it. And I think just spitballing while we're on the podcast, I think mum's improv class like engaging people in improv for their mental health and enjoyment I think yeah your 12 year old just sent you a text what is it (laughs) or you know like you know you've you've just taken the nappy off what's inside you know like just something random I don't know Noel Edmonds or whatever what's inside love it love it let's do it just just something funny just just for the sake of being free yeah because it just breaks the monotony breaks up the tediousness it breaks up the the digital stereotypes. Yeah, bust out Mum's improv uh, subtitle: smashing the digital stereotypes. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Okay, I'm feeling it. watch this okay. space, guys. Uh, we'll have um, a great rest of your day, and thank you so and much. And you too. Thank Bye. you so much. Bye.